welcome back to the Where Your Feet Take You podcast. I am Kayla Bowker, professional triathlete and triathlon coach at Where Your Feet Take You, here with my co-host, Erin Oliphant, elite amateur age group triathlete and coach at Where Your Feet Take You. We are back this week. Sorry we missed last week. Uh, honestly, it's my, my fault. My life got really crazy with racing. And it just, we had a hard time making schedules work. So it's kind of the way it is. But we're back this week with what will be a bit of a race recap for myself, Kayla from Ironman Mont Tremblant. And then next week, we'll be back with your question. So before we dive into the race recap, as a reminder, you can support us here by sending us questions. We like to get your questions. They help us provide content and allow us to provide you guys with the information that you want to hear in regards to triathlon life and everything in between. You also can support us by heading over to whereyourfeettakeyou.com and heading to our store. We have swim caps and hats available. I wore both the swim cap and the hat at Ironman Mont Tremblant and loved both of them. The swim cap doesn't move and the hat is so lightweight, I literally didn't know it was on my head. So those are two ways that you can help support us and we appreciate it as well as sharing your sharing that you're watching or listening to us is also helpful. So all right, but before we dive into race recap, Erin, we haven't chatted too much besides texting in the last like week or so. <laughs> You've been really busy. Um, how? What's up? What you been up to? I am now back in Arizona. Thank God. Um, it's been. I had a fun time. It was good to be back home in Chicago. It was good to be in Milwaukee. It was fun to work. But I have slept in, I think, like 18 different beds in the last five weeks. Um, and it's good to be back in my own bed. I'll bet. Yes. Because you've been, got, what did you say, five weeks that you've been kind of in? Yeah. I came back for two and a half days, Yeah, I think. Um, so it's been a lot. And that's caused some anxiety because I do not do well when I'm not in a routine. So just yesterday, I kind of spiraled a bit. And luckily, I have a great coach, Kayla, right here. Who's <laughs> like? Who said take, it's okay? <laughs> yeah, who said it's okay? Like, take the mental health day. Like, that's going to be better for you. And like, it wasn't just like emotionally, like physiologically, my body was so out of whack. Like, my resting heart rate was up 16 beats per minute. My HRV, and that was like it had just continually gone up. My HRV had continually dropped to the point where it was at like 48. But after just resting yesterday, things are finally starting to seem like they're returning to normal. Did a long bike ride today um, and thought I forgot to turn my power pedals back on after the flight. So I had no power data and I was like, okay, like this is probably a good day just to go by feel anyway. Yes. Um, but my average speed was so slow and I was like, oh my God, I'm not moving. Like it's, and then I, it was just three and a half hours of me telling myself like, it's fine. Like you had a really good bike ride last week. Like you haven't lost it all. You're fine. Just to finally come to the realization I didn't check my brake pads um, after I flew with my bike. Uh, and yep. literally I tr tried, tr like I flipped my bike upside down, like to check the wheel I couldn't even do like a quarter revolution turn when I just like so, <laughs> that probably made, made your ride so much more challenging. <laughs> it was so slow. Like, because <laughs> I was riding a route I do all the time. 
and it's like rolling hills. And I was having to switch to my small ring constantly. Oh yeah, something's up. That's yeah. a mechanic. That usually is a mechanical. <laughs> Even if you're feeling like garbage, like that probably meant something was up. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was fun. I well, hey, don't you had an extra hard workout. <laughs> so. <laughs> Like it was supposed, I rode less miles in my five hour ride today than I did in my four hour ride last week. Oh, love that. I've done that before. That's always just like, what is wrong with me? (laughs) Oh, whatever. Um, I'm back in Arizona and feeling good about it. So that's, yeah. Hey, but you know, I guess what, right? We always want to look at like silver linings or something like that. One, you got a really hard resistance workout. So it's like running it. We'll call it like running in sand. What is it? They always say like one mile in the sand is actually equal to like 1.5 or 1.75 yeah. miles. So we'll just say the same with the bike. Like every mile was equal to 1.5 miles. So just times it yeah. by 1.5 and you'll be good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Kayla, when you go back and look at my training peaks data, that uh, is probably why. <laughs> that's why. Well, that's all right. Hey, you know, you got out there. You did it, and yeah, it's what it is. We move (laughs) on from it. (laughs) Yeah, seems to be a lot of moving on lately, but that's okay. And I also just have confidence in myself when it comes to race day. I know how to race, so it will be good. Yes, and I think that's an important piece. Actually, something that you know I I can touch on too with my race because similar and been feeling. You kind of have to stand up for yourself, right? You have to say you have to back yourself. And say, okay, this hasn't gone perfectly, but I I know how to do these things. I know how to race. I am also the other pieces that you have to be like, am I? I'm willing to go to the well to achieve the goal that I want to achieve. And if you're willing to do those two things, then you will be okay. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing the training, right? And you know that, but it's also grounding to know when it doesn't go well. It doesn't mean it's the end of the world, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So. And we- have like seven weeks for you we've got time we do and that's what I like remind myself today I was like okay so I'm already up to a five-hour ride and I still have seven weeks left like I'm in a good spot and I think I had a like 25 mile running volume week last week which is actually pretty good and right on for me so yeah I'm like I'm where I'm I'm supposed to be for the most part the swimming's a little blah but that's okay so yeah (laughs) yeah that's all right. You're back to be able to get some kind of get some body work done on the shoulder too, which is going to make a huge difference to yes. start kind of helping with mobility and strength, strength more than anything. Your mobility seems to be coming back pretty quick, but your strength needs to. It's the stability do- actually, mm-hmm. I think is most the issue. And um, because it just doesn't like certain motions um, when I'm entering the water, I'm just dropping my arm and like, even though yeah. I know what I'm supposed to be doing, the shoulder doesn't want me to do it. So it's just a fight with my own body. Fight with it. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. That's so much fun. Yeah. Figuring it so, out though. Yeah. Well, good. Glad that you're back. Move into, you know, Ironman training and Kona training and everything, you know, I think it's important, you know, everything will be good. Everything will be okay. You know, allowing yourself the space to feel the things that you're feeling, you know, as I think I texted you yesterday, the number one thing that I learned kind of similar when I was your age is uh, standing up for yourself is the most powerful thing that you can do. And sometimes even, you know, no matter what that looks like, it allows you then to actually make the decisions that you need to make. So 
you're doing the right things. And I think that's, that's key and important for you to remember. So, yep. And just figuring it all out. And I don't think anyone ever has it figured out. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, we don't. I, I, do you ever, I don't think we ever figure it out. Never. Like, no, I don't, I don't think even think so. my parents have it figured out and they're retired and <laughs> all those pieces, you know, it's just the way that it is. So, but being proud of yourself in where you're at is important. Yeah. So let's get into the race. I'm excited to hear about it. Top 10, baby. Let's go. Woo. Yeah, that it, it was a really, wow, what a day. Um, so for those of you that are maybe newer, haven't heard, I raced Ironman, Ironman, Ironman Mont Tremblant. <laughs> However you say that, Mont Tremblant, um, this past weekend, in, which is up in Quebec, Canada. And wow, what a race. Um I know Erin has said it on this podcast before. That's like where she fell in love with triathlon pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I see why. I mean, it's beautiful. The course is challenging. It's dynamic. The people, the energy was amazing. And it, it just, yeah, I'm sad that it, I'm sad that it's going away because it would be one that even though it's expensive and, you know, costs a lot of money to get there, it would be one that I would want to keep on my schedule all the time. It was just such a great great venue, great place. Um, I ended up in 10th place professional female, which is a big deal for me. Um, I've been trying really hard all year to break into the top 10 and finally did. And especially it's another big deal because as I just mentioned, like, and if you've been paying attention to either the podcast or my social media, like YouTube or Instagram, like I've been having, this year has been rough for me. I have probably had the worst, training I've ever had in reality and that I've been dealing with a lot of like intense fatigue and blood sugar issues that I, I can't seem to figure out and I've lost a lot of power for some reason. My coach and I were, you know, had a big talk about it yesterday and I've failed workouts, like skipped workouts, like just can't do them. Um I didn't ride I I think my longest ride, I think I hit a hundred miles once, maybe. I don't even know if I did that. Um, I never ran or I, I had one run that was, I, I ran, never ran over 18 miles. I just, yeah, had a rough, had a rough training s- schedule for me. And so I was really, really uncertain with, about this race. Um, and so I kind of went into it just saying, you know, you're going to go give it everything you've got and whatever that is on the day is what it is. And so to be able to pull out a top 10, um, on with everything is, is I'm really, really proud of, um, do I have, I have a lot of room for improvement, a lot of things I need to work on. Um, but just overall really, really proud of the day and, and coming in that top 10 and, um, just being willing to trust my body and basically go to the well, like as deep as I've never been, never been that shattered after a race in my entire life. I, um, even after my my couple of my Kona races, which I was pretty trash, but th- this was a whole different level for me, um, of just being totally done for, um, and to giving every ounce of myself, um, that I could to get myself to the finish line, uh, where I did. So. Did you know where 11th was? Was Brandon pretty good about being out there, giving you updates or were you just running that hard because you knew you just had to combo combo. So 
And it wasn't like it, it wasn't the great. It was a great spectator ish course, but not like great, great because you had to go. So basically, the run course was two 10k loops. So like you ran 10k out, turned around, ran 10k back, and then did that again. And so I only saw him. I saw him at Trend T two, and then I saw him again at mile like thirteen ish. Um, and so at mile thirteen, he told me that I was in eleventh place. I think is what he said. So I knew then, and he kind of told me if you run seven fifteens, you 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 should be able to catch some people. Um, but what happened was at about mile sixteen, I had been kind of having a little bit of like a rough go of it, where I was slowing down and just kind of holding, you know, steady, not doing anything crazy. And at mile sixteen, for some random reason, I looked over my shoulder, and I saw bib number four, like fifteen seconds back. Like I was entering an aid station and she was literally right there. And I basically kind of said, oh boy, like Kale, you, you have a decision to make here. You, you either need to go for it. Like you need to put a huge dig in and put some time into her or you're going to lose potential to be in the top 10. So I put a really big dig in um, and just kind of went for it with 10 miles to go, which is a really hard time to put any good assist. Like I still have 10 miles. Like, can I do this? Um, but I put a really big dig in and I think I ended up getting up. Brandon said at one point, he thinks I was about a minute and a half up. So I put about a minute and a half into her and I passed another girl at this time frame. And it is so good that I did this because by the time I got to like mile 23, I mean, I was just hanging on for dear life. And I ended up only finishing the race about 30 seconds ahead of her. So she was just putting, you know, putting time back into me. And if I hadn't have done that, that I probably wouldn't have made it into the top 10. Um, yeah, I basically spent the whole last 10 miles telling, like telling myself for three of those miles, I just said, okay, you got to, you got to push it. You got to put some, you got, I basically kept saying snap the elastic band. I just kept imagining this elastic band in my head. And I was like, you have to snap that rubber band a little bit um, in order to, you know, preserve and and then, and then pray to God that they're not running faster than you. (laughs) And then the last three miles, I basically literally was just like, you got to hang in there, Kayla, you got to hang in there. Like everything was cramping. My feet were cramping. I couldn't feel my feet. My hamstrings were cramping. My uh, adductors were cramping, which is a horrible thing to have cramping when you're running up and down. Like, cause the last three miles of this course go up and down and you have to run these hills. And I was just like going from aid station to aid station, praying that the Gatorade was going to do the trick. (laughs) Like, give me all the Gatorade. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I was able to bring it, bring it in. And, um, I got to mile 25.5 and Brandon's like, she's right on your heels. She's 30 seconds down. I was like, Oh my God, I don't know if I can hang in there. <laughs> and it was just get to the finish line, get to the finish line. Cause I, I was, I was so shattered and it was, it was literally at that point, it was just pray to God. She wasn't behind like there because if she, I don't think I could have sprinted, out sprinted her. I, I don't think I could have. I was, I I don't really like remember much of the last like three to five miles. Couldn't feel my arms. My I couldn't feel my feet. It just, I was so shattered. Um, but yeah, hung in there. Tough. That's awesome. I'm proud Man, of that. It's such a 
painful but good feeling because there's something really cool when you know you have given it every last drop of yourself. I mean, I think that's the goal of every race. And it's hard to do to push yourself to that level where you're like, I didn't have anything more than what I gave that day. But I think that's the best feeling when you do get to it, no matter how bad it hurts. Yeah. And you're right. It is. It's hard to get to that level. Like I've never been, I don't think I've ever been to that level actually, to where I've went so far outside of myself to get to where I needed to go. Um, that, that I felt that way. Um, and so, you know, crossing the finish line, I kind of semi, I didn't crawl across the finish line, but that's how it felt. Like I basically got to the timing mat and I just stopped and I like limped my way (laughs) underneath the banner and was like, I don't know if I can keep standing upright anymore. (laughs) Somebody help me. (laughs) Um, but when you feel that way, you know, you gave every ounce of yourself and that was all that mattered at the time frame. So I was really proud of it and really, really happy with the day. So That's awesome. Well, we, I guess we'll just go in reverse order at this point. How are you feeling yeah. on the bike? <laughs> uh, bike went really well. That is a fun bike course. Um, really, really fun. It's a two loop bike course and it's actually, I, I ended up on my bike computer saying I had 6,700 vertical feet gained. So just shy of 7,000 vertical feet. So a lot, a fair amount. And it's correct. There's a lot of climbing, but really, really fun bike course. I really enjoyed it. I felt like it was really dynamic um, in that it was a little bit technical because of the hill, some of the hills and some of the turns on the back half of it. And then, but you know, the climbing really kept you very well engaged And I really, for the bike one, I had two key objectives on the bike. And one was to nail my nutrition because I've been getting these instances where I want to fall asleep on the bike. And I really think that I figured it out that I'm basically getting a really huge blood sugar crash. And so I really, really focused on front loading my calories. So in the first hour, so... In the first hour of the bike, I think I had 150 to 160 grams of carbs. The second hour, I had 120, and then I had 100 and 100, something like that. So it's kind of stayed within that 100 to 120, but I front-loaded the first bit to help, you know, kind of mitigate the fact that I had just done the swim. And that really made a huge difference, I think, because I never got a blood sugar crash, never felt like I was going to fall asleep, and that... So I, that was a big piece for me. And I think that's why I was able to run a little bit s- smoother off the bike too. That would I make wasn't, sense. Yeah, I wasn't coming back up. Um, and so that was a big focus. And I nailed that one. And then the other focus was to stay really close within my zone and just focus in that space where I needed to just get, and that's what I told myself the entire time I was biking was stay within your zone. And it just was really helpful to kind of remind myself that I had to do my own day because one of my problems is right. I come out in the semi mid to backish pack of the pro women in the swim And I get really caught up in this idea that I have to make up all my time in the first like hour. I got to pass all the people I got to make. And so I go outside of myself 
Well, when you go outside of yourself, you burn glycogen way too fast. And then you, you, as we, we know, we, we can't, we can't replenish that fast enough. And so then I don't have enough and then I fall apart and bonk. So I kept telling myself, stay within your zone, stay within your zone and just do you, do you. Um, and that actually ended up being, so, so I had, you know, from that standpoint, I had a really good bike. I had a bit of a stomach issue at mile 32 where I spent about three minutes in a porter potty, which was a bummer. (laughs) Um, cause I lost contact with the girl that was ahead of me. So she was kind of where I could still see her. Um, and that was keeping me, you know, motivated and, and, and not having to just solo time trial, but I ended up losing contact with her and had to, you know, make up time from that, that standpoint. So, but overall just a really smooth and steady bike, nothing. I don't think it was anything spectacular, honestly. Like I'm still very, un- like my coach and I had a really long conversation yesterday about the bike and the fact that I've lost a lot of power. Um, so like my normalized power on this was 175, which is not very high for what I'm capable of. Like I used to ride Ironman at 20- 205. Are you still at like the same watts per kilo? Like, have you lost weight? Is that causing the drop or are you like down watts per kilo too? I'm down watts per kilo too. I've lost a little bit of weight. So it's like semi-stabilized kind of, but not enough. I've lost watts per kilo as well. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it is. Yeah. And we're not, we haven't fully figured out. We, we think a large portion of it is I'm not, not eating enough. So I don't have enough energy. Right. Yeah. So that's something, and you know, when we have some other ideas, but so that's a, like a frustrating piece because I, I'm riding strong, but I'm not riding as well as I even ever used to. So yeah, um, that's a piece we need to figure out a little bit. But um, really fun bike, of course. The last twelve miles of that bike will literally suck your soul. It's so hard, so hard. It's so like these these climbs. I mean, we're talking someone who, right, my normalized power was like 175, and I was pushing 300-some watts up some of these climbs. Wow. Like, out of the saddle, just grinding at it. They're, it just They were punchy, so punchy. Um, and at, at, my, at, like, at 106, 106 miles, you're like, why? why? What is this <laughs> hell that I'm having to ride through? But, um, and it was like they're, they're, they're steep enough. Like some people walked up them. Um, yeah, that's pretty steep, then. they were, ste- they were definitely steep, like, you know, full out of the saddle, um, you know, trying to just grind out of them. And at the end, the first lap, I didn't even really know. I, thought, I was like, oh, these are fun. And the second lap, I was like, what is, this is misery. What is this? Why? Why? <laughs> um, but yeah, bike went well. Um, yeah, that's it. Like I said, it's just kind of a steady bike. I nailed all the pieces that I wanted to nail. Um, I came off the bike in 14th. So I believe, I think that's I right. Think that 14th. sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I came out of the water like 17th. I came off the bike in 14th and I ended up in 10th. So from that standpoint, like you really look at the overall aspect of the day, like really just great progression throughout the day. Um, that sounds I... more fun than the way I race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I'm hanging on for dear life. Dear life by the I'm time. I mean, hell, I was doing that too, but <laughs> man, I would love it if my swim could, I could figure my swim out a little yeah, bit better. Yeah, how do you feel on the swim? Is... Swim was okay. So I kind of just tied my best time. Um, I think I went to swim like That's a 105, good. which okay. is my, 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 my last year I did a 105 in Kona. Apparently, for some reason, I swim very well in Kona. I've always had my fastest times in Kona. I don't totally understand why, because in reality, it's kind of a challenging swim with the current and not wetsuit legal, but I think I like the buoyancy. I don't know. Salt water. Who knows? Um, So, yeah, it wasn't horrible, just not where I want to be. I keep getting dropped from the group. Um, I can't seem to hang on. And... So I ended up just doing the swim in no man's land, which is slower, right? I mean, you're swimming by yourself. It's just slower. It's just the way that it is. Um, whereas the group ahead of me, like I could see them. I could see their arms coming out of the water, but I could not bridge the gap. They were probably a hundred yards ahead of me, be my guess, based off of where they came out. Because I think the group ahead of me came out about 103, which approximately, give or take, would be in that range. Um, but what's the legal swim? Great swim. Water was fabulous. Water was clean, clear, beautiful. Um, little bit of a current from, you know, even, you know, in the lake, we, there's still a little tiny bit of a current just from, you know, things moving, water moving. Um, so you could kind of feel that, but, um, you know, from that standpoint, decent, you know, so solid swim, not where I want to be, but solid, nothing, nothing to write home about. Um, was able to actually catch up to the group in transition. So I made up a little bit of time in transition, um, which helped, you know, kind of come out. I came out with a group of, I came out of T2 right on the heels of like three other girls, three other women, which was nice. Um, so yeah, overall, you know, a really, really good day. I think I made really good decisions on the day. I stayed really present. I stayed really focused and I was able to just kind of trust that I could do it and that, you know, I would get through it even though my training hadn't shown that I was, you know, my training really showed, hasn't shown me much. Um, so I'd love to be able to get under, you know, get up there a little bit more, but for where, how I've been training, it really was a good day. It was a very, I think the best piece that this weekend gave me was a couple of things. Like one, it helped relight some of the fire again. Like I've just been really struggling just with how like constantly coming in like 14th place and mm-hmm. just not feeling great and training and training, not going well. And like, I don't say I was like all ready to just end my season. Um, but now I'm really excited and want, you know, want to refocusing, um, that was the... going to be my next question because I have no idea even what is your plans for the rest of the season? Yeah, well, it kind of depends on a couple things. Um, running a little bit low on money. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be a big piece. <laughs> that's really, uh, you know, kind of dictating it. I would have loved to do another um, full distance Ironman, but the timing of the other ones just don't work well for me. So as of right now, I'm headed to Augusta 70.3 here in about another month. It's a really, really great race for me. Fast swim, which is helpful for me. Um, 
rolling hill bike, so you can carry a lot of speed. So it's still dynamic enough where you're not just having to hang on to power in a fast, flat run. So great course for me. Um, and then I might head to Cabo if I can swing it, um, or Indian Wells just kind of depends. So one or two more, one to three more races, just depending on what, what we can kind of swing. Um, I'd love to go back down to Cabo. I really liked that race, but I just looked at tickets today and there's a, uh, golf tournament at the same time. And I think that's why they're so expensive. It's Tiger Woods's golf tournament that he hosts or something like that. I don't even know, but yeah, so tickets are expensive, but it's so easy to get to Cabo from here. So it's like easy to do, but yeah. So that's one thing that this race did for me. It, 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 it also reminded myself that I am tough. Like I've been really feeling not very mentally tough lately. And it just reminded me that I, I am mentally tough. I pulled out all the tools in my tool book and they worked. So I know like they, they're there. I know how to do this. I, I know how to push myself outside of what maybe my training is saying. I, I, I'm able to be a competitor. I haven't felt like a competitor all year. And I felt like a competitor this weekend. And that was awesome. That's a great. And I needed that. I'm proud of you. So I was on my long ride while you were racing. Um, But every time I stopped, I pulled out the tracker to see how you were doing. (laughs) Oh, thanks. And it got more frequent as the ride went on. (laughs) Trying to hold on to that top time. Oh, I totally was just hanging on, but it was really cool. Like, so when I ran through, so like the race, the run goes through the village and, um, at the very like, so you do your first loop and you go through the village and then you do your second loop through the village. And when I came through, it was just packed and the whole like line of people, they did this huge wave as I ran by. Oh, that's awesome. And it was so cool. It was so cool. It do totally still, got me to the finish line. <laughs> do they still have the video board at Mount Tremblant? Mm-hmm. Did yes. The, did Brandon make you something? No, I don't think he knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> I should have told him. I'm going to take yeah. a break now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and he actually missed the finish. So he was trying. He was on the wrong side. And so he was running down. And, like, there's a video. He has it on camera video. And he goes, oh, shit, I can't run any further. <laughs> Um, efforts there that was like my dad at uh iron man coeur d'alene as he missed the finish because he was trying to track me down on course and just on course me. right <laughs> just missed you well if you don't hit the like tracking correctly you could think somebody is only at like mile 24 when they're at you know the finish yeah. line yeah um but it was it was just a really great week and we had perfect weather we got really lucky because prior the three days we were there two or three days we were there prior it rained hard all day and I was a little nervous because I'm not someone who does well in I don't like rain I don't like to ride my bike in the rain I get cold easily and even though it was warm I was concerned about getting cold um but we had a beautiful day basic hardly any wind like maybe 70 80 degrees maybe it was a little bit muggy like I was sweating profusely um but just really great day. Um, so we just got, it was just a beautiful day. Great day for a race. Um, and, you know, just overall 
like I said, I learned a lot from the day and it took a lot away from it. And I'm also really proud of it. And I think that's, that's all you can ask for yes. when you're racing. I'm finally feeling like a human today on Thursday. How long it's taken me. So I think that does lead us nicely to a question a listener had about how to recover post-race. Yes. Yeah, we um, we had a question uh, that came across on Instagram in regards to how to recover after really hard races like this. And, um, you know, so it's a, it's a little bit of a tricky piece because it also really depends on what you have coming up, right? But for me, um, I'm, I'm taking, taking this, I took this whole week off. Um, so today I did some strength work because my body was feeling the need to move. Um, but I don't have any structured training this week and we were going to take all of next week off too. But since we decided to do Augusta and that's coming up, you know, fairly quickly, actually, we need to get back into training next week. So I'm kind of doing like a gradual build through next week where I start really easy and then just build kind of through the week. Um, and, but yeah, taking the full week off and I've just been, you know, you just, you really have to focus on recovering, resting, you know, sleeping as much as you can to the extent that you can trying to get your body moving a little bit. So like I tried to walk to the extent that I could walk <laughs> um, immediately after getting in carbohydrates and protein and rehydrating and, um, sleeping kind of as much as you can. Um, and then just being patient with your body is really key and listening to it, um, and kind of going from there. But everybody recovers a little bit differently. Like some people bounce back faster than others. And some people, you know, don't, some people you have like, and I think that's an important piece for you to know, like when you're planning your race schedule, like if you're not someone that bounces back quickly, recovers quickly, then you should not put a race a month later because you need to take more time off. Yeah. I feel like too, the most you can, I mean, some races sell out, which makes it harder. Um, but being able to play it a bit like mentally too, based on how you're feeling after a race and using yeah. that to kind of judge your recovery. Like I know after, like each of my races, I've needed a completely different recovery after Oceanside this year. Like I was ready to go. I wanted to race again. I wanted to train again. And I raced like five weeks later. Um, but like after Kona last year, I didn't want anything to do with triathlon for a while. So it just like depends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. Hydrating, I think are going to be the key things, no matter the circumstance. Yeah. And, you know, immediately after the race, like, especially a full distance Ironman where you maybe go to, you know, maybe the well, like as deep as I did and is get just eating whatever you can. It doesn't matter what it is. Like I, I ate all I wanted when I got done. Like I, I wasn't hungry. Like I wanted, but I need something. I had ice cream and cookies. Like that's what I ate. And just eating just to get the calories back in. But you don't want to do that for crazy long periods of time because it's not good for you. So then, you know, in the next 24 to 48 hours, getting micronutrients back into your system. But don't be afraid to just get calories in so that you're beginning to heal your body. And I think that's something that sometimes we miss. I know I do. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to eat after a race sometimes. Yeah. Um, that's where finding something that you really like that, you know, you can get down. Like for me, I can have a core power no matter how I'm feeling. And if that's the only thing I can get down, at least it's something. It's, it's, uh, calories and, uh, yeah, not calories, uh carbohydrates mm-hmm. and protein. Yeah. That's one of my go-tos as well. Um, yeah. I had like a, uh, they didn't have those in Canada, but I did have like a make, it wasn't as good. <laughs> it didn't taste as good. <laughs> um, but I remember, so I, I didn't sleep well the night after, like I, I've never had this issue, but I think it's cause I, I combo had so much caffeine on the day <laughs> because like my, my infinite had caffeine, my gels had caffeine, like so much caffeine. I think I had some adrenaline running. Um, I just could not fall asleep. And, and then I got really hungry at like 10 30 at night and I ate a half a bag of potato chips just Good. in my bed. <laughs> like, as you should. 10 30 at night. Because <laughs> it's the only thing it sounded good. I had a hard time eating and but I was so hungry and I so I just laid there with my feet up, mowing down on some potato chips in what felt like the middle of the night. <laughs> I can I have such a hard time sleeping the day after. Wow. I slept so bad. Cordelaine was like the first one I could sleep after, but I think that had to do with just the day. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. Iron Man's an interesting. <laughs> it just destroys it your body. <laughs> really does, but it's so much fun. It's I don't so know why. Fun. I don't know why. So these. So this is. So I've never felt like. I'll show you how I like, kind of out of it. I literally. I. One, I like wanted to fall asleep when I literally crossed the finish line and was like the this the medical guy grabbed me and I like stuck my head on his shoulder and I was like, I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but then I had the most amazing worker, she a volunteer, her name was Hannah, and she was so sweet. She was like, You need to eat something, you need to eat something. And I was like, I she brought me the food that they had and the in Canada, they have their staples poutine. That shit is nasty. I do not like it. Not a fan of poutine? No. And after an Ironman, I literally... like gravy? Plate. I do not like gravy. Okay. so <laughs> Which is a big piece. And then those cheese curds look like vomit. Like, let's face it. <laughs> I like cheese curds. Oh, I do too. But for some reason, when you mix it with the gravy... Yeah, just... that's fair. Anyways, I was like, whoa, oh, cannot eat that. And I was like, I just want some potato chips. I just want some potato chips. I was like crying. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I just want some potato chips. She like went searching for potato chips and she brought them back and I started crying because she brought me potato chips and I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the volunteers are the best. I actually, She was amazing. I just they were signed all really up great, to but... volunteer at IMAS just because I know it's such an important part of the race and they really do help the experience and where are you volunteering do you know uh, yet i would line. have on finish line maybe yeah. i'll volunteer with you that would be do fun it. that's a good idea because i yeah. should be around this time do it i don't think i'm gone might have to do that because you're right volunteers make make they make the race and especially when you have really great volunteers they just they, they, their energy is always so amazing. And, you know, it, like if it wasn't for these volunteers, like these races wouldn't happen. And no, there's no way, especially I work in event management and like 
I know some people are hesitant to volunteer because they're like, oh, it's a corporation. Like, why would I volunteer for a corporation? But these corporations still do like amazing things for the community and they physically cannot put these on events on without volunteers. Like they need a thousand volunteers. You're not and you can't just. Yeah, it's so hard to do. And the volunteers make the race happen. And I know I'm thankful for volunteers at every race I've done. I remember at Ironman Texas, um, like a volunteer asked to take a picture of me and my mom. And that's when my mom told me that I had qualified for Kona after my first Ironman. And like that picture from the volunteer will be one I cherish forever. And like the volunteer at Kona, the two volunteers actually who just held me upright because my quads cramped immediately after crossing the finish line. And yeah, they were really such a huge part of the sport. And I'm glad that you had one that helped you and got you your potato chips. Yeah. Well, she, I mean, she definitely did more than that. She like, cause I, they wanted to keep me in the med tent. Cause I was like really, really cold, like physically shivering and chattering and, and, the guy kept being like, do you know your name? Do you know your name? And I was like, yes, I know my name. I can walk. Like, <laughs> I'm okay. And then he's like, I don't think you're okay. <laughs> um, but I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to move. I don't know why. I, I always get this idea that I have to move to like feel better. But so yeah. she like, w- like carried me basically, you know, until she could find Brandon and then they helped walk me and she sat like really next to me and like bear hugged me with my little space blanket on and I got a picture with her because and it's like I, one of the it's the main picture I posted on social media because I, she was just she was everything and it was so amazing and like Hannah if you hear this thank you for making the end of my race so special and yeah I think it's I think it's important to recognize the people that make the race as amazing as it is and she was one of them. So, shout out to Hannah. Shout out to Hannah. Um, I yeah, she was she was a med tent volunteer, and then and then then a finish line volunteer when I came through, and she was amazing. So, yeah, that was I'm a mantra bot. It was a fun day. I'm really happy with it. Really proud of it. Um, I'm really excited, kind of for the rest of the season and. For 2024, you know, I think that's the other piece it did for me is it got me excited for 2024 as well, Um, you know, which I know is a ways away, but comes up faster than you think it does. So, all right, well, I got to go pick up the kids. Um, So we're going to have to end it here today, but we'll be back next week with questions so as a reminder, if you do have questions, you can send them to us either on Instagram to myself or Aaron, or you can uh, head over to www.whereyourfeettakeyou.com slash podcast. Send in your questions. We like to answer all things triathlon, life, and training, coaching, racing, any and all in between. And we will, yeah, we'll be back next week. Bye, everybody.